Hi, everyone. My name is Shirley Brady, and welcome to the RGA podcast, where we explore fresh thinking and new ideas around technology, creativity, strategy, and how all of that can help create a more human future. Today, I'll be talking with Peter Smith, who's SVP and Global Head of Data at RGA, and Sheila Kalkleischer, Global Chief Digital Responsibility and Public Policy Officer at IPG Kineso, and we'll be talking about digital responsibility. So Peter and Sheila, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us on. Thank you, Sheila. Really glad to be here. Yeah, it's our pleasure. So Sheila, I thought we would start with you and maybe just to bring us, give us a little recap before we start talking about what's going on currently. Obviously, as you both know, uh, this is your, in your sweet spot, data and big tech are in the crosshairs of legislators. The services and experiences that consumers once fawned over are now experiencing unprecedented scrutiny. And just to start off the conversation, maybe we could talk about like, where did things go wrong? Thank you, Shirley. And I, again, I'm really delighted to be here today and talk a little bit about the, the future of us, of humans and data and technology and service to people. You know, I think I might start and take a quick moment to backdrop where we are. So humanity moved through the agrarian age, the industrial age, the internet age, and now we are in the digital age, uh, also called the fourth industrial revolution. And we've been in a period of, of rapid innovation. And with the rapid innovation, that means technology, digital technology, connectedness and we are in a time of not just big data, but infinite data. And there have been some failings. It's been a bit of the wild, wild west. And the failings have come uh, sometimes intentional bad acts and sometimes inadvertent. And I think it's really put us in the age of reckoning. The regulators care about the impact of data and technology to people, the civil libertarians and the civil rights people and the groups that are really consumer watch groups also care a great deal about the impact of data infinity and technology certainty to people. So that's really sort of this friction between rapid innovation and delivering these amazing new capabilities and connectedness to people and some of the, the misdeeds inadvertent and sometimes purposeful have really called attention to the work that we are all doing around connecting with people. In addition to that, we had, to your point, seen rapid adoption that matched the rapid innovation. And of course, we are just experiencing what I'm calling the COVID pivot, where it's uh, the script has been flipped. And for most brands, it's no longer in-person first with an additional digital presence a la a website. Now it's really digital first with maybe a brick and mortar in supplement. So as innovation has happened faster and faster and data has gotten bigger and bigger, I think there was one big event that really catalyzed all of the focus of the regulators on marketing and advertising uses of data in particular. There were a lot of accusations and we told our own story really well that the way we use data really supplements the free, the internet. And we are good guys and we delight people and we create connections and we are the guardians of culture and we are part of the interstitial tissue of culture. We are the connective 
tissue of our culture. And then Cambridge Analytica happened. And that unfortunately was the example that really blew this all open. The difference between data and technology use for manipulation versus fairness, fair connections, fair persuasion. And that was really the catalyst moment. So it gets down to we do need to do a better job of telling our own story, our good guy story, our good actor story, the benefits and the accountability that we practice to do good things for people and to put data in service to people. So, Peter, how would you answer this question? How do you frame the conversation before you start getting into talking about the way forward? Thanks again, Shirley, for having me on again. I'm not sure if I can do a better job of answering the question than Sheila just did. Um, I think the historical context is actually really interesting to consider in that every time there's been, you know, a massive technological leap, there's always been some kind of friction with society. And so, you know, I think, you know, as humans, frankly, we're learning our way through that right now. But, you know, to the question of where did we go wrong? And, you know, I think there's probably like a lot of blame to go around, but I'll speak specifically for our industry and professional services in general. And I think because we sit at the intersection of big tech and smaller startups, consumer groups, policymakers, and of course, our clients, we've struggled a little bit to address head on the questions, the important questions around data ethics and digital responsibility. I think, you know, things that have like caused us to begin focusing on that more as of late are just general increasing consumer data literacy. I think that's that's a very big piece of it. I think the Cambridge Analytica example is a great one because at least for me, that was kind of a, a seminal moment in terms of when data ethics and digital responsibility came into the forefront of, of this broader social dialogue. And I think, you know, there's also the reality that a lot of the, even our clients, really have inadequate data privacy and security practices. And so we see things across kind of like the data and information space where there are breaches and then there's not really a whole lot of accountability that happens after there is a breach. And so I think, you know, all of that has kind of led to consumers being more aware of the problem and the challenge. And so now we're at a point where we have to begin really addressing it head on. Not that we haven't in the past, but this has certainly come into the forefront in recent months and years. How do we do that? How do we go about fixing it? I think that's a complicated question. Because we sit at that intersection, we our voices are heard by many, many constituents, and I think we should leverage that kind of unique platform to kind of begin talking about things like this and making sure that not only consumers are adequately represented in brand value exchanges, but that the brands themselves really embrace digital ethics and digital responsibility more wholeheartedly. Well, that's a perfect segue, Peter. I wanted to also ask you about the article that you co-authored for the recent Canesso Viewpoints report, All But Digital Responsibility. And perhaps you could talk a little bit more about that theme of how marketers could use data to enhance people's lives, not make people's lives more complicated. And how do you think that marketers could really start looking at the bigger picture here and see using data beyond just pushing more messaging, but as we were saying at the top of this conversation, how to really help create that more human future? That's a great question. I think, you know, marketers historically, especially digital marketers, get a little bit of a bad rap because of, you know, the techniques that were available to us, you know, over the last few decades in terms of how we would actually interact with and engage with consumers. I think increasingly, especially as like the chief marketing officer's role expands into one of being a chief experience officer, how we use and leverage data is going to change dramatically. And Sheila refers to to infinite data. We really do have infinite data at our fingertips. It's really a matter of like, how do we make sense of it? How do we utilize it ethically? And how do we take that information and create better experiences, not better ads, not better marketing, better experiences for our consumers? 
Because I think, you know, moving forward, it's less about like the platform or the product. It's really about the experience that you're creating with that end user and the way to create, you know, personalized, meaningful, emotionally significant experiences with consumers and user groups is to leverage the data in ways that, that makes that experience unique to them. And so I think like that's really how I think the remit of the CMO is going to expand and data's role in that exercise. But again, we have to kind of fundamentally change um, how we think about and leverage data to that end. Historically, just you know, leveraging data that's inferred or is captured via you know, some kind of surveillance capitalism mechanism is not going to be adequate. So I think the broader conversation has to start with, how do we as marketers teach brands to engage in more equitable and transparent value exchanges with consumers so that a consumer you know, develops trust in a brand and is willing to share information with the brand so that they can receive that better experience. I think that's where the conversation is going and how kind of our role and contribution to this is going to shift. And Sheila, I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well. I'm so glad to talk about this topic. And, and Peter, you are so smart. That is so right. And I love what you said, that the chief marketer is expanding and will evolve to be the chief experience officer, that gets at motive. And I think that embraces this notion of authenticity and becoming very conscious. Data is people. In the digital age, what is more human than data about people? And you, you match up the massive amounts of data, data infinity, with the technology, to Peter's other point, the ability to use algorithms to create, infer, derive, and curate an experience. The person, the human is always at the center. So we do have to become very conscious. And this is another flip the script. Instead of designing a marketing program that's gonna generate revenue and profit, flip the motive to become people-centered and design your experiences driven with data, enabled by technology, including algorithms, to really curate a conscious awareness of that interactive moment with people that they find delightful, that they trust. And I want to introduce two words, both the trust word, because when you are conscious and when you put people first, you begin to accrue trust, you begin to become trustworthy. The other one I want to introduce is the F word. The F word is fairness. And this gets back to digital responsibility, which is itself an evolution. You know, I spent 25 years as a global chief privacy officer. And during that journey, it wasn't check the box legal privacy. We've done that. It was how do we ensure that we use data ethically? And that's three things. It's, did you check the box legal? Yes. Did you check the harms, the impact? Is the use itself free of bias discrimination? And then the last one is fair. Do people agree the way you use their data is fair to them? And it, this creates some, some obligations around balancing and proportionality, and this is expertise that is built into that we're that we're applying that expertise, that judgment in context, so that we really can ensure that the data use by brands is experienced as fair to people, is fair to people. That's digital responsibility, being accountable and answerable 
for the way you use data about people. That's great. Thank you both. I think that really helps unpack digital responsibility, which could sound like a bit of a lofty term, but obviously this is great in terms of really making it real and applicable. So I thought maybe you could both talk, and Sheila, I might start with you, of how do you actually start to think about digital responsibility in practical terms? And are there any brands, for example, that you might hold up that you think are doing a great job at data ethics and digital responsibility? Just talk a little bit more about the practical side of this. Thank you, Shirley. I will. And I want to reference something Peter said a little bit earlier about how it is top of mind on people, on the consumer, on the brands that we serve. We really are in unprecedented times. And it is both this bit of a wild west, rapid innovation, data infinity, tech everything, acceleration into AI that has catalyzed all of the new pieces of legislation that we are seeing that are coming at this space, trying to to create accountability. So we start there. We are in unprecedented times. And so this is really a moment where everybody is waking up to the importance. And on that point, we see some really, you know, great brands doing great things. And I've got a few call outs. There is MasterCard is doing some really great work. They have launched a global data responsibility program that is very thoughtful and innovative. It's not just thought leadership, it's also practice leadership. So how do you articulate what it means to be responsible in your data-driven programs? And then how do you operationalize against it? And I've got two dear friends that are doing similar work there, uh, Joanne Stonier, their chief data officer, and Caroline Laveau, who is their global chief privacy officer, just partnering to do great things. Another really wonderful example is what Walmart has done with their global digital global digital citizenship office. And this is a global initiative for them that really steps it up. What does it mean to be a global digital citizen and do the right thing always, not just to think it and say it, but to operationalize against it. And one other really amazing body of work I see coming to life is one of my dear friends and colleagues, uh, Jamie Barnard at, at Unilever is leading data ethics and digital responsibility inside of that company. So there's a lot of really great work going on. And I, you know, I'm pleased that we too are doing great work at RGA, at IPG, at Canesso, and in other agencies inside of IPG Holdco. We're not just thinking what it means to be data-driven and to do powerful things, but what it means to be responsible and answerable and really activate data in a conscious manner. Fantastic. Peter, it'd be great to get your perspective from the agency side. You've obviously, you know, been working very closely with RGA's clients and building on all your many years of experience in this space and really looking for both the practical and also what really is innovative and and sort of forward-looking. And how would you sort of summarize, like, from, again, the agency perspective on this term of digital responsibility and actually bring it into really practical terms that companies can apply? Sure. Yeah, it's it's, it's a great question. I think Sheila had a lot of really important high notes there. I think there there are a few things that we advise our clients to do just because I, I think there's always, whenever there's a push from a brand or a corporate entity to do something that is socially just, it's always met with a little bit of skepticism. And so, to avoid kind of that, that reaction in the consumer population, it's really about action, meaningfully measuring your path toward certain well-defined objectives. So what we really like to talk about and focus on is, you know, I think it starts within an organization with data literacy. 
and making sure that your entire organization has an understanding of what we're talking about here, right? Because I think especially in organizations like ours, where we have a diverse background of talents and experiences, not everybody is going to be well-versed in data, right? And so understanding kind of what it is first is, is very, very important. A few years ago, RTA conducted a, a survey of employees where we just really asked them to provide definitions for, for terms around uh, different data concepts and principles. You know, what is PII? Have you ever used a BI tool? You know, things like that to gauge generally how well understood kind of data principles work. That sets your baseline. I think from there, um, you have to have organizational responsibility for data ethics and privacy. So it's not just about creating like a digital privacy officer. It's about creating an organizational construct whose mission it is to help improve the literacy, uh, data literacy of the overall organization, and to put in place kind of standards and requirements that align to specific objectives that move the ball forward in terms of data ethics and data privacy. I think step three, um, and this is not a surprising thing to hear, uh, given who you're talking to, but... We have to measure and monitor it, right? If we set objectives and we don't ongoingly measure and monitor you know, our progress toward it, it's impossible to manage toward that objective. So really like kind of defining what those outcomes are that we want and then measuring our progress toward them is, is critically important. And finally, and I'll, I'll call it the A word, um, and I think we've used it probably you know, 100 times in this dialogue thus far, but accountability. People have to be held responsible and correctly incentivized or disincentivized to you know, conduct themselves ethically. If you don't have those four components, it's really hard to get it to stick with an organization. And, you know, to the outside world, it's going to seem like a bunch of talk and not a lot of action. I think, you know, finally, to your question about brands that are doing this well today, to go with some new economy brands, I think about like Reddit. Reddit is a platform that has anonymity at the core of its offering. That's what makes it special and unique. Now, people can still market on Reddit. You know, you can still target people based on their interests and the subreddits they subscribe to. But the privacy is really kind of core to that offering, which is it's why I've heard in Silicon Valley the term tossed around that they're the, uh, the benevolent social media platform. And I think it's a good reputation to have in today's day and age. You know, Shirley, if I could jump back in and talk about this, I, I want to give a couple of thoughts here. And that is when you recognize it's the right thing to do, it really does beg the question, how? And in the digital age, when we do, again, have data infinity and tech certainty and we're accelerating into AI everything, there's really two buckets. It's your motive, your intention, your commitment, and then how you operationalize, often called the data governance piece, which is not insignificant because with the vastness of data and the vastness of the partner ecosystem, how do you have a full accounting? And that does take, to Peter's point, you have to have an intentional program with objectives. It has to be measurable and people have to be accountable. The overarching objective, I will argue, is that organizations that want to get there quicker need to become culture-led. It needs to be built into a part of the way they feel about the work they do and data literacy, education, do you understand the type of data? Do you understand the rules on data? And when you become culture-led and everyone in the org is highly literate, then everyone becomes not just compliance, but they become ethical data use ambassadors and activators. What I'm doing for us, and I'm really proud and I'd like to share it just quickly, is we're going with a set of BI, business intelligence tools that literally are at everyone's fingertips. So as they do their work and we all become more and more tool driven every day, it begins to happen through the lens of being responsible and accountable and ethical. 
We ask the questions. We've developed the instrumentation with a set of ethical interrogatories and the commercial terms and the category of work and the use case assessment that then automate the data inventory so the whole business becomes culture-led and begins to operate in a very scalable, fast, and certain way around this ability to be accountable at scale. You both sort of anticipated my next question, and I really wanted to get a little more into this area of how do you, how do organizations operationalize this? And so, as you both mentioned, this started really with GDPR coming out of Europe and really raising the bar. And at first it felt like, well, this is for the lawyers to figure out, and they'll tell us how to interpret and apply the law. And then it started evolving to, as you both mentioned, to the rise of these wonderful new roles and offices and really trying to create this sort of culture. And for us, it often comes back being on the agency side to talking to CMOs and to marketers. And what does it mean for them in their day-to-day, how their role has evolved and is evolving? And where do they fit into this conversation around data and, and how should they think about it? And even why should they care. Of course, they should care, but I'd love to hear you both. So maybe, Peter, we'll, we'll start with you, and then, Sheila, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Sure. Yeah, it's a really good question. So I, I guess, like, you know, at a very basic level, a marketer's job is to help a, a brand connect with consumers and consumers connect with the brand. So to a certain extent, necessarily, if we're using consumer data to connect with those consumers, then consumer data and data in general has to be core to a marketer's remit and focus, right? So I think what GDPR and other legislation around consumer privacy and data protection really get at is making sure that that data is being handled ethically and that there's some mechanism of recourse for the consumer if it's not handled ethically. So I think like this is all interwoven and I think it's really, it's tough to separate, you know, data, data privacy, data ethics, digital responsibility from a marketer's role today. The future is data-driven marketing and it's just part and parcel and comes with the territory. That's the first thing. But I also think, you know, another responsibility of marketers is to protect and grow the reputation of the brand generally, right? There's a great stat out of the uh, Edelman Trust Barometer this year that said globally, 81% of consumers say that trusting a brand is important to purchasing decisions. And actually, it ranked second only to price in terms of its influence on those decisions out of the categories that they asked about. So that just tells you how important building trust with consumers is. And that, that is, again, core to a marketer's, a marketer's role. Finally, I think marketing is more about the direct path to purchase. It's about the entire consumer life cycle and interaction with the brand. And so to that extent, you know, managing and understanding consumer data around the totality of their interactions with the brand becomes the marketer's responsibility. Again, the CMO is transforming into a CXO. How do consumer privacy laws kind of relate to the marketer's role? I think, you know, they become integral to what they're taking to market and how they understand their consumer base. So marketers have to understand how to develop digitally responsible and ethical, you know, data products and marketing strategies and insights. What we used to call privacy and now we're really addressing with the notion of data ethics and digital responsibility is a business issue. It's as Peter said, the CMOs, which will become the CXOs, they have to become data-driven in a way they have never had to because of this rapid pivot we've just experienced. And once you get adoption typically doesn't doesn't go back to the way it was. So for brands to be durable, for them to exist in the next three to five years, for them to be relevant and meaningful, as all media becomes addressable, the CMO has got to figure out how to do that powerfully, 
authentically in a way that people trust and regulators trust. If we're not all careful and thoughtful and conscious and responsible, we will continue to see laws because lawmakers remit is to try to create certainty and accountability of companies. And if we are accountable ourselves to lean in our on the A word and we really put fairness and people at the center of our programs and we really treat all data use as a fundamental essential business issue, I think we really can get it right. It's about trust, fairness, accountability, and that gives you the license to use data in service to people powerfully in ways that brand your company and make your company more meaningful in people's lives. I love that phrase, using data in service of people. I think that is at the core of everything that we're discussing right now. It's people first, people before profit. I thought we could end on, we always end our podcast sort of on a future facing note. And really, where do we go from here? So we've kind of established that companies, brands can't really wait for the legislation or just be compliant and they have to go beyond that. And obviously, we've established, you know, why they should care. But really, where do you see this going? And what do you think needs to happen next in order to accomplish some of the things you've talked about, such as creating these cultures within companies, within brands, so it just becomes second nature and a muscle and then really starts getting into innovation and really thinking about, you know, putting customer first and, and thinking of them not just as their data, but that people first perspective. Like, what do you think are some of the next steps that are necessary to start achieving, making that future the present, I guess? Well, I'm working on the culture-led compliance. What I've experienced is, when your employees, the people that are in the org, building the solution, touching the client, using the data, activating, syndicating, shaping campaigns, when they know that doing the right thing, being ethical, operating with integrity is the commitment of the enterprise, and they are charged with that, they love it. They love to work for an enterprise that is very human-centered and really gets, we're not going to do crazy things with data that are good for us, but not good for people or trick people or manipulate. When they understand the leadership is fully committed to integrity, data integrity and digital responsibility, they love that and they do become ambassadors for that body of work. And you end up with an enterprise that collaborates closely. So the first thing I think everyone needs to, from the top down, articulate their commitment. Now, I've formed together with my leadership team a data review board, sometimes also called an ethical data review board. And there are many different types, but it is a clear commitment by our executives that they take a firsthand look at data uses and they make decisions at the top. And that enables the rest of the org to rally around those ethical decisions, that ethical intention, motive and commitment. And then I've done some other operational things because it's not it's not without its own friction. So we've implemented, uh, again, we're doing automation, a business intelligence tool that applies the discipline. And it's a very cross-discipline collaboration with every stakeholder in every part of the business. And we have a dedicated privacy architect that is working on the project and really spearheading bringing it to life. So... A number of things. We also have a very you know, great program, I'm very proud of it, called Words Matter. 
And remember, in the world of humans, the words we use hold our meanings. And when we use them, what we're doing is exchanging meaning between us and other humans. So words really matter. And we've stood up a program to capture the language that we believe embodies our values and the words that don't embody our values. And it's another demonstration of our commitment. It's another tool to give our employees, our people, we call them our talent, a great way to think about the work we do. We reach, we connect with people and the words that we use to do that really, really matter. So it's a big accountability program and we're using all the tools in the arsenal, but primarily it's win the hearts, win the minds. Peter, I'd love to get your thoughts on, again, where do we go from here? And, and what do you, how do you advise clients as they are looking to invest and, and where they should be paying attention to? What, what, what do you tell them? Sure. Yeah. And, and Sheila, we're, we're going to have to connect uh, offline after this because I need to learn more about all those programs you have going. It's pretty, pretty impressive. In terms of what we advise clients, I think a lot of this new and upcoming legislation and regulatory change is serving as like a forcing function to have organizations take this seriously for, in many regards, the first time. You can think about, uh, you know, Prop 24 that's on the ballot about a month from now. That's going to have some significant and meaningful changes for businesses that operate in California, which is really every business that operates in the U.S., right, which is most businesses that operate globally, uh, there are going to be some pretty serious implications uh, that could result if that actually moves forward. So I think, you know, for organizations that we we work for, you know, my suggestion or recommendation is like, don't wait until a month before Prop 24 is going to get passed. It's like, you know, getting ready for, uh, you know, for the beach in the summer, you don't start with your crash diet in, you know, late April, you start working in January, right? So start working now, begin working on now, because it's going to take you longer than you expect in all likelihood. So that's one piece. But I think, you know, tying that back to things that we talked about earlier in the conversation, there's an opportunity for brands to establish competitive advantage by building more trusting relationships with their consumers, by getting ahead of legislation and not being reactionary to it, right? Because it has to come from the right place. And if you're just responding to the latest piece of legislation, then you're not in it for the right reasons. You're in it because you have to be. I'm going to reinforce what Peter said. He said it so very well. It comes from a place of intention and motive, and you need to understand what do you believe in? Ultimately, data is people, and all of our human values need to be honored in the digital world as we use data. We need to treat data with the same dignity that we are supposed to be treating other humans with. Very well said. So it's not just data responsibility. It's actually respect and respect for the people whose data it is that we're talking about here. Respect, responsibility and relevance. <laughs> Great. We've had a few letters today. We've learned a lot. Um, and thank you so much. I could keep talking about this. I know we're at the end of our time and I, I would love to follow up because I think this raises a lot of really great topics to keep digging into. Uh, but for now, I just want to thank you both so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to chat with us for our podcast today. We absolutely invite our listeners to continue the conversation and learn more on our website, rga.com slash future vision in this article. 
We will be linking out to RJ Ventures Medium page, which has a, a great article, and that is excerpted from the Conesso Viewpoints report that we mentioned, the future of digital responsibility. We'll be linking out to that too. So we absolutely invite people to keep reading, learn more, keep thinking, keep the conversations going in your own companies. So Sheila and Peter, thank you again. It's been a pleasure. And once again, I'm your host, Shirley Brady, and thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. Take care.